0: It was a really odd feeling, uh, prepping for this and knowing that it had been so long. Uh, and then, in worship, God went, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, you're where I want you to be. So, thank you very much, thank you for everyone who prayed for me while I was ill. You know I said something earlier, I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, I'm not particularly going to talk about it. I I am going to preach about it, about the things that happen and things what I learned, Uh, just not today. Um, But yeah, it's, our God is a fantastic God. Our God is a fantastic God. So thank you for everyone who prayed for me about that. Thank you for all the people who prayed for me about this morning. Um, It was, yeah, I'll just crack on, shall I? And um, as Paul said, it's, it's very nearly six months since I stood here last. I have no doubt that you will all remember what I was preaching about last time I was here. It had sweets, <laughs> it had sweets in it. <laughs> it probably did. I was, I was preaching about committed living. We were in a committed living series. I, was, I got If We Wear It. I was preaching about the full armor of God from Ephesians 6, including the verse, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood against rulers, authorities, against the powers of this dark world against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's Ephesians 6.12 Strangely enough we talk about fighting again today uh, but much 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 earlier than that. Much more physically and a few thousand years before. We'll run a little, little back story first So we're going to talk about the chosen people having a fight against the Amalekites and this fight comes in history this is after Joseph and the amazing Technicolor court after he got people trafficked down to Egypt because fundamentally that's what it was its was people trafficking got followed there by his family as refugees in a humanitarian crisis it's after the chosen people go from being just a few in number sort of in a bit of in charge to being hundreds of thousands but being in slavery. It's after Moses is born. Sorry, this is annoying me. Somebody put a tire up just there. It's after Moses is born as a slave, is raised as a king commits murder, is exiled or flees into exile, miles away. Moses meets God in a burning bush and gets a commission to go back to the place where he's just fled from 40 years ago, returns as God's mouthpiece. We're in Exodus 17, we read a chunk from Exodus 17 this morning. If you have a Bible, turn to it, I'll get there, I'll catch you up. It's only a couple of months after the ten plagues, after, after God's plagued the Israel, the um, Egyptians. It's not yet the twelve spies bit. It's in that interim bit. The chosen people have crossed the Red Sea. They've been led by a column of fire and a column of smoke. They've gone where this column's told them to go. Three times they've complained to Moses that they'd prefer to be slaves than where they are now. Three times. And three times they've seen God's miraculous provision. That's, That's all Genesis 37 to Exodus 16. The chosen people, they must be feeling a bit bewildered. They must be feeling a bit turned round at what's happened. Only a few months ago, a few months—literally two or three months before this—they were slaves. They were all, almost all slaves. And right now, they're rich, free, and alive all at the same time. I'll open the chocolates if anybody can tell me what "rich, free, and alive all at the same time" comes from. West Wing. Um, it's, they finally know they're in the right place. They're following God to the best of their admittedly whinging abilities. And then comes Exodus 17. I'm just going to blow my nose, so Andy might want to mute me. Thank you, Andy. Exodus 17, I'm going to read 17.1 and then jump down to verse 8. It says that the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel, left the wilderness of sin, <laughs> no irony there then, and moved from place to place. Eventually they camped at Rephidim. Verse 8, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, this is the first time we meet Joshua in the Bible. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men, and go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur. Aaron is Moses' brother, little brother. And Hur is somebody else. Climb to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the The Israelites had the advantage. I read across two lines there. I nearly read the Amalekites had the advantage. The Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found him a stone to sit on. They stood either side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory... The Lord instructed Moses, "Write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder. Read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven." Moses built an altar there and named it Jehovah Nissi, which means "the Lord is my banner." And he said, Era- "They have raised their fist against the Lord's throne, so now the Lord will be at war with Amalek from generation after generation." Lord this morning. We've heard how great you are, we've heard what an amazing God you are, we've heard how you are for us, we've read how you are for us. Lord, this morning, be for us again. Lord, take, take my words and just let them fall to the ground. Lord, take your words, let them fall into our hearts and produce the harvest you desire. Amen. i started thinking about this passage about this time last year, actually. I'd, I'd done a little bit of prep for it and then it just wasn't right. We visited Liverpool Cathedral. If you get a chance to go to Liverpool Cathedral, please go. It is humongous. It's the longest cathedral in the world. It's the fourth or fifth biggest cathedral in the world. You could land a plane in it. It's massive, isn't it? And they've got one bit of it, which is like a remembrance chapel, an army remembrance chapel so there's there's the the scroll of all the people from Liverpool who died in the wars in there and they had the flags up of they had army flags up of the local regiments and stuff and it got me thinking about this it got me thinking about fighting under the banner and whose banner do we fight under Um, so do we have time for the flag quiz Correct answer. Would you please give me my first slide? This, this is Dr. Neal's Fun with Flags. This is Dr. Neil's fun with Flags. vexillology. Would anybody like to guess what this? This is one of the flags that was in. I'll give you a clue. This was in the in Liverpool Cathedral. It is. It, oh. It's the white ensign. Who said round Navy first? What about this one? All right, who, who, no, uh, who is it? The flag of? That's, these are all who the flag. Who's the United Kingdom first? Since it is the United Kingdom. For now. Canada first, Gary John. Six six four, the number of the neighbour of the beast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Cumbray. <Cumber. laughs> Hey, Salvation Yeah, hey. no fool you, are you, love? It is indeed the Salvation Army, blood and fire. Gary John, you can't have two. You can just shout. Okay. Set the juggle. Who said Israel. Did you get that one, Zo? I thought you might have got that. To be honest with you, Sue, I put that one up there because I knew you'd get it. No. No. Oh, hang on a minute. Mike, you're not allowed to read the answers off the, uh, what's it? It's genuinely cheating if you read the answers off the computer. It is Tenerife. I can't believe you didn't know that. It's your second home. That's the, that's the flag of Tenerife, yeah. Nine Reef. Stop reading them off the computer, it's cheating. Here. I'm see if I can, hit, let's see if I can hit Mikey with one of these. Hey, he who's right? He did actually get that first, didn't he? And I ate him with the chocolate it's Nigeria. How cool is that? <laughs> Doesn't count if you say it after everybody else. Who said it first? It's Romania. Or is it? It's different. It's only a different size because of... <laughs> yeah. Well, Chad, Romania is closer, to be honest with you. <laughs> to be honest with you, that was a bit of a cheat as well. <laughs> that, 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 was a bit, that was a bit of a cheat. It's a, it's a Seychelles, isn't it? That's where you come from. It's Linda comes from the Seychelles. See? <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? you probably got me before. Oh, do you know what, Gary John? Is that Guyana by any chance? Joe, Gary John, I'm going to give you a second one just for knowing that was Guyana. I've got to be honest with you, Albania's two eagles facing each other. I've got to be honest with you, I chose that one because I knew Sue would know it as well. Because Sue used to live in PNG, didn't you? Do you know what, mate? You're not. A th- I put it up there because I thought people will think it's Star Trek. It's. Do anyone want to guess? It isn't Caribbean. It's Saint Lucia. It's not strong, so It's Saint Lucia. Yeah, that one's Star. That one is Star Trek is the United Nation, Federation of Planets. This is where I'd go and live if I couldn't live here. England aren't doing very well there at the moment. I don't know if we've lost yet, but we're well on the way to it. I tell you what, your kid'd know what this was. He'd know it straight away. Anybody? Anybody seen? Um, oh, I can't now. I can't remember what the film is. Black Panther. It is Wakanda. I'll tell you what, Johnny, you can have another one, mate. I think we're nearly at the end now. Close, this This is right in the news now. You should know this. It's been in the news the last two or three days. i tell you. Do you know what? It is the Repub- Republic of Northern Macedonia. You've all heard this in the news. Now you know what the flag looks like. Two more. It's the Lion King, yeah. To be honest, I only put this up because I was curious to know if any of you would know what it was. This is actually the Bear Brotherhood flag. I need more than that if you're gonna get a, a what's it? Which one of you said that? Johnny again. He's on fire. It is. Oh sorry, no, I'm telling you long. You can have it anyway. It isn't East Riding, it's where we live. There wasn't South Riding. Well, there wasn't a the West Riding. Bec- and that's because the word riding comes from, uh, from ridding, which means the third. Thriding, It's the third. That's why there are only three. West Riding. You ought to be able to guess this one. <laughs> this is where we live. The unofficial People's Republic of South Yorkshire. This is where we live. (laughs) We're battling. We're battling the Amalekites and the chosen people. The Amalekites are the descendants of Esau. And Esau was the brother of the twister Jacob, who was the father... Of the multicolored coat wearing, I should have won my multicolored shirt, shouldn't I? The multicolored coat wearing Joseph, who I started the history bit with. It's like Jeremy Kyle only played out on a world stage. His father did this and his brother did that. and The, the Bible's all like that. You read, read Especially the, the Hebrew Scriptures, it's just unbelievably Jeremy Kyle-esque. It really is. Amalek means dweller in a valley. And the Amalekites are dwelling in a deep valley of hatred fermented hatred for the line of Jacob. Nothing good was ever going to come of it. Later on in Deuteronomy 25, before the people crossed the Jordan into the promised land, Moses is reminding them of what happened. He says, remember what the Amalekites did to you on the way when you came out of Egypt. When you were weary and worn out, they met you on your journey and cut off all who were lagging behind. One of the versions says, they cut off your tail. They had no fear of God. Later still, Saul destroys them. First Samuel 15. Interesting, if you're like me, this episode comes when the people were at rest, both literally and figuratively. Refidim, the place they were staying, means rest. What do we see in this, this passage? The Amalekites were living in the valley of their history. They were letting what had happened generations before. This is like 500 years before was Esau and Jacob. 500 years before, they were living in the history. In the hatred of the history. They were allowing it to spoil their present day. They should have known better than to go and fight the people of God. They didn't know at that time. Eventually they learned. Sometimes we do the same. We, We can live in the valley of our history. We forget what Paul wrote in Ephesians 5. Once you were darkness, but now... You will light in the Lord, live as children of light. Second Corinthians five seventeen he writes Therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is come. That was the f- that was the first verse that I ever learnt by heart. Mick Fox taught me. If is in Christ, he's a new creation, then sometimes we forget that sometimes we let our history Define our future. And we really shouldn't. We really shouldn't the chosen people, on the other hand, were living mostly, and relatively understandably, in the present. They worried about what they were going to eat, what they were going to drink, they whinged that we were better off being slaves than we are right where we are today. We were better off being slaves than we are being free. Looking at their own present problems, and losing the fight, and then having to be reminded to look to God to win the fight. Eventually, as we do. Generally we remember to look to God and we win the fight. But when we look at our own circumstances, we lose the fight. When we think this is all this is all there is, and this is it's terrible. We lose the fight. I don't think that when when Moses held up a staff, I don't think the staff, I don't think it was like magic. I don't think it worked quite like that. I wonder if raising the staff reminded them that. Three or four weeks before, they'd faced an army. They were stuck between an army and the sea. And Moses had raised the staff and raised his hand out, and the sea had parted. I wonder if that was like when we sing, I won't be afraid, you are here, like we were doing earlier. We remind ourselves that in the circumstances we're in, I won't be afraid, because he's here. And when Moses was holding the staff up, was he reminding them, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Remember who your God is. Remember what your God can do. Remember what you did a fortnight ago when you walked on dry land with water either side of you? That's the, this is the God that did that. The writer of the Hebrew says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorned its shame. Sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Why do we consider Jesus? Because Jesus is the one who said, "Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." It's, um, Matthew eleven twenty eight. And sometimes we forget to do that as well. Sometimes we're like the chosen people. We think that we focus on the fight we're in. We mustn't let our present difficulties stop us from seeing God's glory now. And not just heaven's, heaven's going to be great. Do you have to tell me a about heaven just recently? Heaven's going to be great. Perhaps I was just talking to somebody about it. Heaven's going to be fantastic. We're not entirely sure what it looks like, but it's going to be brilliant. Do you know what I mean? That's of the one thing we can be absolutely sure: heaven is going to be heavenly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's a, there's a clue in the name. But sometimes we get so our feet drag so much that we we have to look at our feet and we miss, we forget that even now all those things are true. And then Moses. And our Moses, but Moses, Aaron, and her were living in the future. This is lovely. Moses, you know, people's names in the the Bible mean things, they have meanings, most of them. Moses, fantastic. Moses means drawn out because he was drawn out of the water as a baby. He was put in the water to float away and drown, but he was drawn out of the water. So his name means drawn out. Every time somebody said it, they were oh, I remember, yeah, I remember. God had his hands on him, he was a baby and drew him out. Aaron, Aaron means light bringer. How wonderful is that? You wish your name... Now, do you know, when I discovered this, I thought, I wish my name was Aaron. What an amazing name that your name would mean light bringer. How great is that? Her, her's name means hall. I don't know why her's name is whole. It just does. This is the first time we meet her as well. But uh, Moses, Sarah and her are living in the future. They're living in team. They understand that one person can't do everything. One chapter after this, after this fight that they win, they're just living life again. And Moses is doing everything. He properly is, he's, he's, he's preaching, he's vacuuming the floor, he's mending the toilets, he's painting the walls, he, he's doing it all, he's like Paul, he's doing it all, <laughs> he's, but he's doing it all, but he's, and he's, he's wearing himself out, being the, the judge and leader of 400,000 men plus women and children, and Jethro, his father-in-law, comes to him and says, kid, you're wearing yourself out, what you need to do is set up people, set up leaders, pick good people people you trust put them in charge of, of thousands and fifties and hundreds and and set an, and set up the structure of how we run church so instead of being one person that said uh, that does everything set up a structure that does things they <laughs> the verse in ecclesiastes 4 that we use at weddings and we, because we use it at weddings, it's like using um, Psalm 24 at funerals. Yeah, they all walk through the valley of the shadow. 23, thank you. It, it, it robs it of the power if we don't use it all the time. And these, were, these verses in Ecclesiastes, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken, it isn't talking about marriage. It's true about marriage. But in Ecclesiastes, it isn't particularly talking about marriage. I think when we use them just for marriage, we shortchange scripture and we shortchange ourselves. This is just true. This is why we come to church. It's one of the why we come to Connect Group, isn't it? We're talking about this in Connect Group, actually, weren't we? It's why we do this together. It's why we're not sat in Morrison's up in tea today. It's why we sat here because it's true. And Moses, Aaron, and her were showing it. And when Mo- Moses starts to <gasps> be clapped out, Aaron and her come alongside him and hold his arms up, because that's what we do. When I'm visiting that well-known hotel death's door, the church doesn't stop. The church doesn't, doesn't you, didn't, you didn't put a close sign on the door and we'll come back when Neil's better. People picked up for me. Rich, I know you're here, but I'm, thank you, Rich. Rich, bless, Rich just stepped up and, and did the desk when I, when I was ill and Andy couldn't be here. People just stepped up. Other people took my worship off me. People took my preaching off me. The, the finance team took, took the weight of the finance off me, which is just, that's what we do. That was an example. That was a physical now, in the last six month example of what I'm talking about. Aaron and her holding Moses' arms up. That's what we do with each other. We should do anyway. We mustn't let the desire to be the one robbers of the blessing that is being part of the team even when sometimes like when we're working in this place sometimes we just think I can do this myself a lot quicker, easier and better than if I let somebody else do it but that's not a team is it that's not the point. Just because just Paul's the best at mending the toilets doesn't mean that Paul should be the one who does it all the time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what can we learn from this? We should support each other as we reach out to God. We really should. Yeah. We should support each other. When somebody, when somebody, when somebody says, Look, I'm, I'm reaching out to God this week because I'm preaching, we should pray for us. Somebody prayed for me every day this week. I know they did. Should we support each other and hold each other up as if we reach out to not God? If we reach out to sin, should we support each other and hold each other up? He went quiet on that one. The answer is yes, yes, of course we should, just differently. We should support them. We should support them and say, look, what you're doing is wrong. Telling someone what they're doing is wrong is supporting them. Encouraging somebody isn't always saying you're doing well. Encouraging somebody... Like Bishop Odo on the bio Tapestry, Bishop Odo's on his big horse, encouraging one of his little minions by walloping him with a stick. Bishop Odo encouraging the troops, get going. Sometimes we encourage each other by saying, "Don't do that," because it's the wrong thing to do. Verse fifteen, sixteen. Moses built an altar and called it, "The Lord is my banner." He said, "Because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war." against the Amalekites from generation to generation. Under whose banner do we fight? Is it one of those flags that I put up earlier? Do we fly or fight under the white ensign because we're in the Navy? Do we fight under people's republic of South Yorkshire because we were born within spitting distance of this place? Do we fight under the banner of our own strength? Do we fight under our own banner, our own strength? Now Paul was talking about the... Um, Paul and I earlier were talking about local councillors who genuinely love this town. By and large, whatever you think of them, whatever you think of what they do, the vast majority of them genuinely love this town. They properly do. But they're doing it under their own strength. They're doing it with other people under, under their team strength. But they're not doing it under God's strength. Politics, i heard a, uh, um, a quote the other day, politics is the ongoing, the ongoing human endeavour to mitigate against eternal human problems. It's something like that. And, you just, and actually, that's true, that is what politics is. It's finding temporary solutions to eternal problems. Well, do you know what? The church is not that the church is actually the opposite of that the church is telling people the eternal solution to what is actually a temporary problem because yeah. any because pro- with the best one in the world any problem we have is a temporary problem it will end one day it may be in 30 years time or 50 years time some of you more likely 30 some of us probably less than 30, less than 30 but Sorry, I meant men with 50. Some of us 50, some of us less than 30. Sorry, Robert. My, my, yeah. I prophesy over this man. Lord, let this man live to be 80. Do we, do we fight under the banner of our experience? Sometimes, sometimes, yeah, we do. Sometimes, yeah, we do. That, that Ebenezer, Ebenezer, this far the Lord has brought us. That song we sing, You've Never Failed Me Yet, we're not saying, but you might do. What we're saying is all that stuff I've been through, you never failed me in that. So, you, so I'm going to trust you for all this stuff I'm going to go through because you've never failed me yet. In Connect Group this week, we were looking at following God's will. If you're not going to Connect Group at the moment, please go. It's great at the moment. Ours is fantastic. Looking at at God's will for us. I read this. I'm not sure who this quote is by, but it it can be difficult to reconcile this calling out to God with knowing that God has a preordained plan anyway. But God didn't want Moses to concern himself with that. He was to pray as if it really mattered. Just because you can't figure out how our prayers mesh with God's preordained plan never means we should stop believing that prayer matters. We talked a little bit about predestination and how does that work. No idea. But I know God, I know prayer works. I know how that works, I call out to God and God says, yes, no, or wait. Moses built an an altar and called it Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord. I like this line, it's one of those lines... In Scripture, it can be translated two ways. The, my work Bible, the ESV, it translates, as says, Moses built an, honor, an altar and called it the name of the Lord. Sorry, called it the Lord is my banner. Saying a hand was lifted up to the throne of God. It's a double-edged Scripture. Because the foes were fighting God, the chosen ones had an advantage. And because... The chosen people were fighting for God. They had an advantage. It's a double advantage. When, we, when our foes come against us, we have the advantage because they're fighting against God. And when we reach out to God in that situation, we have an advantage because we are reaching out to God. Can the band come back, please? There's a, one of the verses in Song of Solomon, Song of Songs says, let him lead me to the banquet hall and let his banner over me be love. What a lovely line. Let him lead me to the banquet hall and let his banner over me be love. And this runs us back to Jesus. This runs us back into the crucifixion. Isaiah, writing, speaking 500 years before Jesus, says, out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot and Julie preached about this not that long ago a new branch bearing fruit from the old root and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him as I talking about Jesus and in that day the heir to David's throne Jesus will be a banner of salvation to all the world the nations will rally to him and the land where he lives will be a glorious place the NIV says and his resting place will be glorious and I like that idea I like the fact that his banner over us is love and his resting place will be glorious because I believe the church is his resting place we're going to come to a a close of this part of our morning service we're going to do a little bit more worship notice but as we stand and sing can we emulate Moses? Can we lift our hands to the throne of God? Can we give God our past? That, those values we sometimes live in, the, the, the hardships we sometimes have, the things that have happened to us, and say, God, I want you to take this. I don't want to live in the past. I don't want that to colour what's happening now. And if, if at the moment we're living in a place where, where we feel the mud between our toes and, the, and we struggle to walk can we lift our hands to God refocus our eyes on Him and remember that the stuff we're walking through now, He's still with us He's with us He's holding our hands, if my feet, I've honestly if I'm walking through mud and my feet are in the mud His feet are in the mud next to me He's not on, on dry land 10 miles away watching me if I'm in the mud he's in the mud next to me he's holding my hand with me and for our future as we look to the future as we look to working in team as we look to working together as we realise that we, we cannot do this on our own that's, that's one thing that, that all Christians have in common at some point in our lives we've realised that I cannot do this on my own I need a God As we work together, as we trust our future in Him, we lift up our hands as a trust of the future in Him.
1: Lord we thank you for all that you've done Lord we thank you that you've been so clearly here with us this morning Lord and Lord we thank you that you're there fighting our battles with us Lord that we don't have to do it alone Amen God's good isn't he Excellent because at the end here please do hang about and have some and coffees with us if it's your first time here uh, we'd just love to get to know you Uh, we've got our connections corner uh, to your back right if you want to find out a bit more about us or please come to talk to any of us on the stage or Neil or